you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Dear Jesus, may we hear afresh from you today. May your spirit uh, testify to our spirit that we are your sons and daughters, that we are uh, children of the God Most High, and that you love us dearly and have invited us uh, to take up our crosses and to die with you so that uh, through dying all uh, might have light and life. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I do think it's a straightforward sermon. Uh, Some weeks, the message feels convoluted and how we get there to it. How do we kind of go from a text that might be ambiguous to to something that we can take with us? Uh, Philippians uh, is not that. We are, uh, once again, in one of Paul's prison epistles to the church at Philippi. Uh, And last week, we talked about the broader context of him speaking to them, but we didn't talk about uh, the nature of life in Philippi. This is uh, the kind of fancy part of Asia Minor where you would go to vacation, where you would go to meet titans of industry, where you uh, encounter the, uh, the movers and the shakers. Philippi uh, was uh, a wealthy city uh, full of opulence and full of people who knew that they uh, were maybe a level above everybody else. Uh, this was uh, a town that uh, stratified socially in very clear levels and operated within a a kind of shame and honor culture. And uh, shame and honor was less based on your behavior than on what tier of society you were in. So if you were uh, amongst the the lower masses, you lived a shame-filled life in the broader worldview of Philippi. If you uh, kind of existed at the upper echelons of middle class, uh, like middle class actually existed, but what we'll say is middle class, Uh, your your kind of hope was to rise higher so that you might have honor and avoid kind of going down in class so that you avoid shame. Uh, And then if you were amongst the aristocracy, your only worry was staying there uh, to to use your position and power uh, for your own good. And and this is uh, the land that the church is confronted with, right? Uh, It's hard to love Jesus and uh, deny ourselves Uh, when we're in the midst of good and plenty, right? Um, When we don't have anything and nothing good is happening, it might be a little easier to say, okay, Jesus, it's all for you. Uh, But often, uh, we see in scriptures that when things are going really well, it's pretty easy to turn from Jesus. And we've got a church made up of people from uh, all across the classes, but uh, we know that Paul has been... uh, kind of uh, stoking the anger of the aristocracy in Philippi. In Acts chapter 16, we learn about him going into town uh, and kind of destroying uh, the idol business of one of the people in Philippi, and they are enraged that Paul has taken this thing that keeps them at a higher social status. And this is kind of the landscape with which he lives, and now to the landscape with which he is writing to this church. Hey, church. You have to be different. Uh, 
Last week we read, he said, we want you to love each other, to grow in wisdom and knowledge that you might love and live in unity. And he just does not let up this week. As Darren read the text today, uh, often we just get a few like sayings. Here we get a total of 10, nope, eight imperatives, uh, directions to the church at Philippi of things they are supposed to do. Um, think in the same way. If any of y'all have ever been in a United Methodist committee meeting, that alone is a a sanctification goal right there, right? Let's be of the same mind. Now, this is not let's agree on every single thing, but this is let's have a mind after Christ and let's uh, seek after those. And then have the same love. I'm sure you know people who would tell you they love you, but they're actually quite harmful to you. Um, this is an invitation for the church at Philippi to set aside uh, kind of a dangerous love for one that is uh, rooted in Christ, one that uh, builds up the community and sustains them. I've seen the same Instagram reel like 30 times this week of Brene Brown uh, talking about uh, the different kinds of friends you can have, and it has wrecked me for what I want for my children. Uh, Brene was talking about how friends exist together, and she said, uh, pretend in your hand You have the light of Chad, or of Jan, or of uh, Larry, or whoever you are, you have your essence right in your hand. And you can have two kinds of friends, friends that come and put their hands around yours and they seek to protect that light and to keep it uh, burning brightly and and to love you well. And these are the friends who, when you make the class play, celebrate with you and delight in the good things and they care deeply for you. And there's other friends who come and blow your light out. When you get the class play, well, that's a stupid thing. And you would think we wouldn't call them friends, right? But if you think about the people in your life that you might even call friends, the people you've grown up with you might call friends, there are probably a lot of light snuffers uh, that you have been around or are still around. And for those of you who are in high school and middle school, Um, I pray for people who would come and surround your light. For those of you who are uh, young adults and early in your career, I pray that you would find people who would come and surround you and protect your light. For those of you who are uh, at the ends of careers and uh, facing new chapters, I pray that people would surround you and protect your light. Or as Paul says, to be of the same love. That's only two of Paul's imperatives to the church at Philippi. Uh, Then be united. Um, I'm just going to keep coming back to it every time. We are unashamedly valuing unity over uniformity. And uh, Paul uh, seems to as well. Then agree with each other. Um, all it takes is us to do one Jingle Jam or Harvest Hangout and know that we got to figure out how it is to agree with each other at times, right? Uh, I know how I make one thing and this person knows how they do. And part of our sanctification work is bumping aside each other and learning how to, to agree, even when it's hard, right? That's part of love. Uh, I was getting ready to go off on a tangent about how much I love Darren and how much uh, we've had to learn how to agree. Uh, 
you know people uh, that are part of your faith community uh, that even as you're going to have disagreements, you have to learn how to agree with and love and unity. And then it starts getting hard. This has been easy, right? We, we just got to uh, uh, think the same way, have the same love, be united and agree with each other. And then Paul gets to the heavy ones. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. He's asking uh, a community that lives in a socially stratified area uh, to, to look at the one next to them as better than themselves. We don't have any kind of stratification in, in America, do we? We don't ever look and, and maybe think we are a little better or a little more or a little something than at least that uh, person below us, right? And yet, uh, this seems to have been Jesus' very way of life. Luke's whole gospel is working around around this idea that uh, Christ came to humble the exalted and to exalt the humble. And Paul doesn't let the church in Philippi off that hook. So don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of the other one as better than yourselves. And then, instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. About every new phase of my life, I realize how selfish I am. When I came to seminary, I would have told you I am a loving, giving, kind-hearted person who uh, does think of others first, and then I met Felsha. And I realized how selfish I am, and the amount of times I have to kind of uh, set my interests aside, I have to actually uh, figure out how to be in agreement, how to love, how to be in unity in these things. And then we had kids. And, um, well, that just like ripped every bit of selfishness I still have right out into the open, and it has not uh, been perfected yet. Yesterday, uh, I'm wrestling with uh, what I want over what my kids need. And then if we do all these things, we do the easy ones of loving and being in unity, of agreeing with each other, if we do the, the things of uh, not doing anything out of selfish gain, but humbling ourselves, if we uh, do these things, then we're told to put on the same mind as Christ. Put on the same mind as Christ. I would love for Paul to follow that up with some real simple thing that lets us off the hook, right? Just, just love. Uh, and instead, uh, Paul gives us maybe the most uh, uh, significant portion of the book of Philippians. He gives us this thing that really was the church's first hymn, which is the Christ hymn of Philippians 2. So we're going to have this attitude of Christ that is this. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit but instead he emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave and becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. Therefore God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names so that at the name of Jesus everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul doesn't tell us just to love. He tells us to look to the one who died. The one who set aside uh, divinity for the sake of humanity. The one who uh, covered over his divine prerogative uh, with human flesh. Who, who left the throne room of heavens uh, to come to the muck of first century Palestine. Who uh, could have have reigned with sword and chariot and instead went to a cross, who could have uh, brought together the, the bourgeoisie of the region and instead met with the uh, lowest class of them. He could have uh, uh, reigned with God most high in the heavens and, uh, and, and fiated things to happen, but instead he loved us to the point of death. And this is the mind we are to take up have this same mind as Christ. This is the way you can do all the things I just told you about, is to die for others. This is uh, uh, what Taylor Zimmerman always brings back as the invitation to discipleship, is to live a cruciform life. To ask where is the cross to which we die to self and rise in Christ? Where is the cross-shaped opportunity for us to think less of ourselves and more for others? Where is the uh, moment that we can look to the cross and set aside our selfishness? Where is the moment we can look to the cross and understand what it is to love? Where is the moment that we can look to the cross and know what it is to live in agreement and unity? Where can we look to the cross and be disciples of Christ? That's the whole sermon. It doesn't need much of anything else because it's there uh, as Paul's very own exhortation. Often uh, we have uh, something we've got to figure out. Instead, he just gives us commands. And they're all rooted in this command to have the same mind of Christ. May it be so for us. May we set aside our selfish ambition. May we set aside our uh, need uh, for all these things that we might join with Christ in the work he is doing and glorifying God the Father throughout the earth. May the Holy Spirit enable you to do that, and may the Holy Spirit enable me to do that. Amen? Yeah. Amen? God, it is scary to want to have the same mind as Christ. It is scary to think of humbling ourselves and truly putting others ahead of ourselves. And yet we know it is your heart and it was your very life and that through your spirit we might do the same. So Lord, would you pour out your spirit and your grace upon us in mighty ways. Have your way, Jesus. Amen. Amen.